Give a quick clap, Burns. I'm worried about your mic again. Yeah, that's fine. It's all good. Okay. That was the clap from Space Oddity. Right. Hello, and welcome back to the Jim and Burns a Day podcast, which is going to be good or bad. I don't know. Let's find out. What have you idiots been up to? It's probably going to be shit. Excuse me. Listen, listen, <laughs> stop being so negative, okay? I can't help it. I know it's Halloween. I can't help being negative because I have to spend all my fucking time with you. See, you're not sending a positive message out. The Burns face turn is on now, okay? And nobody's, I, nobody's. I feel very positive about the future of the world, about the direction that we're yeah. taking. Let me tell you something. As your, as a creative consultant, as one of, as one of the, the key players in getting heel burns over in the first place. Excuse me. Uh, pro- possibly the key player in doing so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you now that face burns is never going to go over. So. Never gonna oh, go I'd over. love to see the attempt, though. Listen, I'm a very positive person, okay? Listen, I'm not fucking listening to you ever. Well, you're going to have to when you edit this, which is unfortunate. So, listen, it's Halloween when we're recording this, Mm -hmm. which is good, because then you can go out and bat folk, but then you've got, like, a mask on, you get away with it. Killer clowns are Batman. Exactly. It's like Christmas for the killer clowns, isn't it? It's like, like, oh, (laughs) they can just hide amongst people now. Like Assassin's Creed? Yeah. Assassin's Creed, but set at Halloween. I'm going to get on to Ubi about that. You should actually, Listen, 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 we've got a fucking brilliant, remember that killer clown craze? Mm. And they'll be like, what, the the new metal group? No, that's insane clown pop. (laughs) Listen. But you've been playing, Jim, you've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah. Haven't you? And so I hear it's very good. It is very good. I've not played hours and hours and hours of it because it has come out at the same time as two other kind of massive and, you know, highly sought after video games of of which I have those as well. But no, it is really good. The the, the massive the, the weird thing about Assassin's Creed Origins is how different it is and how like every single Assassin's Creed game up until now in the mainline series has pretty much played the same. Like it's been like putting you know, it's been like putting an old comfortable pair of trousers back on. Get fucked. <laughs> like every you know, Assassin's Creed 2 felt like Assassin's Creed and three felt like two and so on and the changes are have been up until now quite iterative so Mm -hmm. what i found what was quite surprising was once you had played them all in sequence as they came out and like i think you know i finished playing syndicate which is the last one before origins and then i started uh, i went back to assassin's creed 2 when the Ezio collection came out on ps4 and it immediately struck me like how like fucking hell you didn't really notice the changes happening when they were happening because it was so iterative but actually the difference between uh, in the control scheme and everything between syndicate and assassin's creed 2 how those games feel is actually quite markedly different but you didn't really feel it playing them year on year this is entirely different they've borrowed a lot of the controls from Dark Souls, you know, the, there's like a lock-on function. You attack with bumpers and triggers now mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The environment isn't full of obvious handholds. So, like, yeah. the whole world looks very more uh, more natural, I guess. And very more natural. Shut up. Now. <laughs> it just looks... The, the world looks less designed and more, like, lived in and more just organic, I guess. Less... Um, I think the problem with Assassin's Creed 3... Mm-hmm. which is where they try to add a lot more elements, mechanics and systems. But as you said, it was iterative. So they had a huge problem there mm. that 
that was still a game about climbing, but there was nothing yeah. to climb. So they had to have trees. And yeah. But Does it this seems, not have the same problem? But it seems no, like they've no, made, no. they've changed it to, they've changed the combat, they've changed it to a more mm. RPG focus. So it's less the climbing game. Yeah. The open world climbing game seems to just be, you can still do that. You can go up the pyramid. And it's the, still the there. Things. It's just not the... But it's yeah. not the thing, because people loved Assassin's Creed for the free running to begin mm -hmm. with and the, the mm -hmm. climbing and how good that felt and how good it looked. Yeah. But this seems like... And let's face it, like parkour is well fucking 2007. Nobody gives a shit about parkour anymore. Yeah, good year 2007, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Long it was time actually. ago now. Yeah, long time I feel ago. very sad about that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was I was 23. Mm, so. It was a very good year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, the, this is, um, uh, as you say, it's it's a, it's a different game. It's it's just the, the, the tenor of it, the focus of it is different. It is more of an RPG. They're pitching it like more of an RPG as well. And uh, I, I think it's... What we all hoped was that it would be like, it would get out of its um, really restrictive mold. Because I think the argument was that when when it's a yearly release, every game is based on the last one. Mm. So, oh, they're all. Well, I mean, they were all basically being developed at the same time. And like the, I know it's a misconception that they all took a year to make. They didn't, obviously, because yeah. the development cycle for Assassin's Creed games is about four or five years. But mm -hmm. they're usually making like four of them at once. Yeah, but it does mean that. A lot of the does a lot of the uh, assets and the principles and the designs are, are are replicated across all of them, just because you you can't make a different game every time. Like there's got to yeah. be things that carry over. The same way that the new Forza game has cars in it. Yeah, exactly. And no one's like, wait a minute, excuse me, <laughs> why why aren't these scooters? Yeah, but I think um, you know. So I was actually quite skeptical about how much of a difference the uh, the extra year in development would make because I kind of thought, well. Assassin's Creed Unity was in development for four years. Origins is going to have been in development for five. Mm. What's the difference between four years of dev and five years? Apparently, fucking like quite a lot. Mm. <laughs> right. I suspect like they, they probably didn't get to the four year mark and it was basically like an old Assassin's Creed game and then they spent the next year changing it. No. What I think happened was they realized they had to completely redesign it. Uh, right, go properly back to brass tacks, take in different influences. They obviously looked at Dark Souls. They obviously looked at things like Dragon Age and Skyrim. But this and stuff this like RPG, that. like Dragon Age, you say there. Yeah. What when people say it's got, it mm -hmm. feels more like an RPG like, mm -hmm. or an action RPG. I yes. Yeah. Yeah. What? But how and why? There's more of a focus on uh, like there's, there's there's different kind of equipment and stuff. Don't like say crafting. <laughs> but um, you, you know uh. It's, in the old Assassin's Creed games, there was like, you could get like different weapons and stuff, but they were all basically the same and just sort of more powerful versions of... Yeah, or well, this sword looks it, like this. Uh, yeah, but this one seems... Again, I haven't played too much of it yet, but um, it seems to me that it's more of a... Like, there's more kind of varied loot and equipment and stuff like that. And it also seems like there might be. Um, it's all. It is uh, more of a, a secret numbers game as well because there's like, you know, even, even one of the one of the first things you notice with the first kind of fight you get into is that there's health bars on enemies now. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't a thing before. So yeah, it's it's yeah more more maths. <laughs> is this looking <laughs> like one of the strongest of the series? Yeah, I mean. Me and uh, Louise Blaine from Games Radar, we like we're massive Assassin's Creed fans. We talk about 
the reason I the reasons I like Assassin's Creed are very similar to hers. So we like we were very much on the same page about stuff. As far as she's concerned, this is this is the best one. It's like this is like this this feels like uh, we were talking the other day how it feels like a reward if you if you're a fan of it. This kind of feels like your reward for keeping the faith when when you had like a load of shit ones. The wobbles. Yeah, and um, is Black Sail any good? What? That's a TV series. Assassin's Creed 4. Black Flag, you mean? Black, Black Flag. Flag. Yeah. Black Flag's brilliant. Black Flag is the second best Assassin's Creed mm, game. I gave it a 7, After I mean. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but you're you're a terrible person. Listen, and that you, was... You, say, you said the old blood is better than a, a new order, which it fucking isn't. I said that I preferred it. No, you said it was better. Mm, I'll probably delete that tweet. But uh, <laughs> well, we, we'll, we'll move on to Wolfenstein. But yeah. So you have also played, this is like the mm-hmm. Jim Trinker review round. I mean, you've played Wolfensteiner, mm-hmm. which for real people is Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Mm-hmm. So when that game came in for review, sorry, when, the, when Wolfenstein, the new order mm-hmm. came in for review, I only saw snippets of it. Mm-hmm. And there was something I thought that was quite jarring about mm-hmm. the the wild tone or what I thought was kind of inconsistency. Like it would go certain places. Yeah, but you were wrong about it. Mainly from things I see. Mm-hmm. It turns out that in the whole thing, contextualized, it was, I really liked it. There were things yeah. that I didn't, that I thought it got, it, it didn't do as well as it could have. But one of the things that I didn't like about the New Order, that I did like about the Old Blood, is the Old Blood felt it's shorter. Mm-hmm. The zombie stuff at the end isn't great. It's shit, isn't it? But... In the be- like towards the beginning when you're at Castle Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. I liked how punchy it was. I thought the opening of the New Order was good mm-hmm. and really set the scene, but it went on for too long. That's at the start when you're in the plane, it feels like I just want to land. I just want to get in there and do the land assault. And yeah, there were moments in it as well that just like the prison section and and there were other bits that I didn't like. It was sort of dragged. And I liked that the New Order seemed to distill the stuff that I really liked about it: the voice acting, the combat, the environments. And moved away from, yeah, just dragging out the action scenes too much. But how does okay. Wolfensteiner get on? Well, if you preferred uh, the old Bloods because you felt it, it's 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 all the stuff that a new order has, but more streamlined and. Uh, less fluff, less padding between kind That's of missions what I want. and stuff. They've yeah. done it. There you go. Okay, you're probably not going to be very happy with the new Colossus then, because oh. um, <laughs> and like yeah, okay, oh. without spoiling it, like a new Colossus follows directly on from. Isn't it the new Colossus? Whatever. Isn't this the interview with our or the vampire problem again? Yeah, it probably is. Well, I keep, <laughs> well, I keep. I keep calling uh, the, the first game a new order because in my head I've got a new hope. <laughs> but it's the new order, obviously. Because the new, new order. Do you call the new one a joy division? Yeah, a joy division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's obviously very much a sequel to the new order, and mm. it's not really like the old blood. What? But the old blood is a the old blood was what two bits of DLC that were planned, but then changed yeah. into a standalone. But it's game, not right? necessarily that. It's not what most people consider fluff like talking mm-hmm. uh it's the it's actually the action goes on a bit too long mm. so i'm happy for it to, like, feel I, like certain locations do feel like they outstay their welcome a little bit and stuff like yeah that. so the opening yeah. definitely yeah, yeah, just yeah. seems to go on forever and ever and ever yeah. and that feels like this is the thing the the opening of terminator 2 bizarrely yeah. that future war scene yeah 
you know, that is re- that's so short, but it feels like in your mind, you're like, that future war scene mm-hmm. is incredible. The problem with the future war scene is when you take a Terminator Salvation and make that, you know, longer and more in depth, yeah. it loses the power. And I felt like the opening of uh, TNO did that. I'm more than happy for the new Colossus to have all those moments of reflection and the moments where you kind of, you know, mm. half-life and walk around. But without just, without getting into your, like your 33rd minute of shoot banging, people in corridors going, I'd like, I'd actually like to, I'd like to hear the talking. Fuck, we're mm. Edge right. They weren't right. Well, in that, <laughs> case, well, in that maybe I've, but, but, all right, I think I've maybe misunderstood your entire argument then. Yeah, because, it's because you don't listen. Well, he doesn't like talking well, I, in video games either. Though. But you always go on about how, like, I hate, I hate when video games do talking, and it's yeah, like, but that's well, just that's well, just the one people. That's, up. But that's what they do now. That's I mean, just I'm sorry, the one Burns, but, but they just gonna have to deal with it. Wolfenstein um, does talking better. Really we talked well. about this, and you know, what? you always love the uh, the really quiet kind of voiceover the, the when uh, Blaskovich is mumbling to himself. Right? Mm. Can't obviously can't spoil it, but. The way the opening uh, missions, uh, the opening kind of three hours of Colossus plays out, it's really focused on that and focused on his headspace as well in a way that the other games weren't. Because the other games, it's like, you know, he's a soldier fighting a war. Mm. And and that was, you know, and he talked very vaguely about um, his war experiences and his, and I think he touched on his childhood a little bit. Uh, in those kind of little monologues and stuff mm. as you're walking around. But you didn't really get a sense of how he felt about, the, you know, the fact that his his life was, you know, in, in considerable danger. Or even, yeah. You weren't really thinking about how he, how he thought the future was going to play out for him. What happens after we beat the Nazis kind of thing, you know? And, and this one... This is very. This is very much a man sort of confronting his mortality, a lot more, which is something you you do a lot, right? But, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm trying. Four times a day. I'm trying, but the fucker is just sidestepping me yeah, constantly. You just keep living. Exactly. Um, like I, yeah, I, I thought is... I was going to choke, not to death, but maybe like a, an incident where I black out, fall over, and <laughs> maybe like go through a co- uh, <laughs> through a coffee table. So, but. Mm. And I thought to myself, what a wonderful world, basically. This is it. Mm. Finally. And then my head just totally cleared and I was back watching um, Real my Housewives. <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell. You know what? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this is, I think I was the inspiration for Age of Tomorrow. You know, I just keep waking up thinking, what's going to happen here? <laughs> also, just mm. quietly on that sort of note, have you seen, there's that movie called Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Which what? is ground? Uh, it's, it's Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. but uh, the woman in it dies every day, and she has to work out. And then when she's killed, she, she keeps getting murdered, right? Yeah, yeah. And she wakes up, and then she has to solve the puzzle. So a little bit like Shadow of Memories. I That's suppose. a cool idea. Yeah. Why is it not called Groundhog Slay? Why the <laughs> fuck is it called Happy Death? Like that is a bad fucking. I get it, birth and death, but it's just not funny. It should mm-hmm. be called Groundhog Slay. I'd be in that cinema, but now I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Why is this a new film? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she's. Uh, I think she's in college, and she keeps on getting killed, and she has to. It's fucking Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has to work out how to get out of the day, which sounds interesting. You can see why mm-hmm. the studio bought it, but they should have called it Groundhog. Yeah, Day. it does. It looks actually pretty good. I think I would mind mm-hmm. seeing it. Mm-hmm. I, I think they should have called it Murder Loop. Oh, oh right, okay, yeah. cool. It's not a video game. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. 
disastrously literal, yeah. like mind jack. I'm sorry, that's 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 how my brain works. Oh, okay, all right. So anyway, Wolfenstein's good. We can't really say too much about Wolfenstein because it does have, especially in its opening scene. My, some... it, it's it's a difficult game to talk about without because it's so focused on the on the story, yeah. and I think. Um, but you're like, enjoying it so far. I right? love it. Like me- mechanically, it's pretty. It's basically exactly the same and as it looks shit hot i hear it looks fucking incredible it's all right there's a copy in this flat i might follow <laughs> it from you uh, that jim. is earmarked for me that's my fucking cop now um listen. You, just, you decide who you want to borrow it to jim <laughs> <laughs> borrow it to that doesn't make any that, sense uh, the phone, I'll give you that. uh but jim in the last part of the mm-hmm. jim trinker presents reviews <laughs> jim trinker feels presents like an old video magazine games. this way <laughs> video games the podcast you also got the biggest game of this or any year which is uh, Kane Lynch 2 but you decided to play Super Mario Odyssey yeah and um, mm-hmm. how is that? Super Mario Odyssey is very imagine a blend of Galaxy and 64 okay it's, it's weirdly I didn't play it's, Galaxy it's oddly like that that's the one that gives me travel sickness isn't it? yeah it's, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's kind of like and maps are mad as fuck on the Wii yeah, I mean, I, I didn't play it because it was all the way. Galaxy, I don't know. People like Galaxy, but I'm probably there's probably going to be complaints about that because that's that's the one people fucking insist is Love, amazing. Yeah. I personally think Sunshine's better than Galaxy, but um, oh yeah, excuse me, yeah, listen, you're going to be arrested. When you yeah, step probably, out of it. probably. No, Odyssey is it's it's wonderful as well how it fits the title. It's fucking brilliant because you just you just you're going around a planet in a fucking boat shaped like a hat. It's <laughs> is it as good it's as a, Abe's Odyssey? It's, it's a sky boat. It's fucking better than Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, mm. <laughs> but it's been getting um, breathless raves. It is. How? Do- well, the thing is, it's a Mario game. So, you, so I mean, listen, I've got no problem with with Edge generally or any games journalist really. Mm-hmm. Apart, you know, I mean, I do think a lot of people produces scroll length list well <laughs> i mean okay apart i mean i've got, I've got a problem with anyone in that field apart from <laughs> <laughs> but no i do think that a mario game getting an edge 10 it's like i mean you, you, you might as well fucking well the sun's gonna come up tomorrow isn't it? i mean mm. you know i'm gonna need to piss at some point this week it's <laughs> take it, the piss means absolutely fucking nothing of course it's going to get an edge mm. 10 because like i think edge have got to the point where if they don't give a mario game a 10 mutiny well it's not even that it's just it's it's, it's, it's part of the fuck it's part of the punchline now isn't it you know <laughs> if edge, this time mario does talk if, to the monsters if edge aren't giving 10s to mario then that is like they're giving sevens to doom well that is that's i mean that's kind of like Doctor Who not having his phone box or Big Bang Theory not making fucking shitty jokes that are just like pop culture references mm-hmm. screamed loudly. Not a big fan of that show, are you? Jimmy? No, but... Uh, I like it. <laughs> but, it. But I think it, it definitely deserves its 10, I think. I think yeah. it's really fucking good. I think it's... it's um, it's got that great Mario thing of like every five minutes there's a new mechanic and then and then you know there's that new mechanic for that level or that bit and then when you're on to the next bit of the game that that they don't use that mechanic anymore. So it's not like you know it has more ideas in one hour than most games have for their entire runtime. Or well, in fact, I mean the vast majority of video games have one idea and that's shooting a gun. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, it's a classic. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> now, I love violence as much as the next person. 
How do you make the man run? How do you make it shoot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do you fire? How do you, yeah, how do you kill? But it's classic Mario. I think it's. I think it's one of the. Uh, I think it will hold up. I think it'll. It's you know, as you pointed out to me the other day, like especially first part of Nintendo games, they have this real. Uh, they, have, they have this cycle where every single one is the best one ever when it comes out, mm. and then about six months later, you start getting the well, actually. Wind Waker is actually quite shit or, mm. or, you know, but there's a few of them that have really stood up. Like everyone still insists Ocarina of Time is like, is, is the best one or everyone still insists that Mario 64 is legit. And I think this will be one of them. I've got a feeling that Odyssey will, will hold up and it won't be like Sunshine where, you know, everyone within six months has decided actually it's fucking rubbish. It's not rubbish. It's a great game. Yeah. And I think it's more deserving of that than Galaxy because Galaxy irritated me a lot. Well, good, Jim. I'd like to thank you for popping in to review every video game release this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is Halloween, so we need to talk about that apart from you know the murdering that we mm-hmm. were talking about then and i think dave you've got some questions related to uh good old halloween haven't you well i do have some questions and you that you see in uh shining the shining tonight no no in, i've in, seen in, it in the old cinema in I've no because t- they'll pull some stunt i've got a what, ticket uh, prince charles no in the in the cinema world was it yeah so i've, I've booked it might go i might not i don't know so all right Fucking hell. Oh, it's money of Ben, aren't exactly. all these new games? No, I see this fucking... The, that's what you do with a Selling World card. It's like, I fancy seeing that. I'll book it, but I'll decide closer to the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You don't have to commit to Flexibility. it. Flexibility. You don't have to chuck a fucking tenner at it and then commit to it. You can just be like, you know what, I'll book it. And then I might just not fucking turn Because <laughs> I can do that. Like a doctor's appointment. Like Mariah Carey. She does whatever the fuck she wants. Exactly. I like Mariah Carey. <laughs> so, Dave, what's this uh, Halloween question? Well, the first one is from Chloe White. Oh, no, she ditto. Mm-hmm. What's the best horror flick you've seen? Well, I mean, we just talked about one of your favourites there, Steve Burns. The Shining. Yeah. Yeah, The Shining, mm-hmm. which we talked about at length. My favourite thing about The Shining, before we, <laughs> part one of 500, is that it... You can't say it's how it sound like one of those film wanks. It, the, the Shining has seems to have trapped people in its meta-narrative in the same way that uh, Torrance gets trapped in the hotel. That I'm not Fucking hell. There are that, so many but theories, you, like that, that is a very kind of... So I watched it recently, and yeah, I was looking... I was watching a documentary about Kubrick afterwards, and but there, there are hours and hours and reams and reams and reams of text about... Uh, American Central Bank. Yeah, about all of the theories, and it has like it snared some of these people, uh, and they and they released these uh, conspiracy theories documentary, or maybe not documentary is the right uh, word, but and they go over all the things that the, the film says or doesn't say, you know, about uh, Native Americans, capitalism, Federal Reserve, gold, World War Two, the Nazis, genocide the Holocaust, and about 30,000 others. And then when those theories get questioned or debunked, they just start again and they build another thing into it. So it really has got these people. And it is a difficult film to forget because when we... We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but the trailers that came out at Paris Games Week for uh, The Last of Us Part Two, when people talk about video games 
violence. I don't think, especially in cutscenes, I don't think they necessarily talk about how the camera works and about how in a cutscene it's an artistic choice. You you put the camera, even though it's digital, there, and you choose how to tell the story and ascribe the power, not just with the the person's position, whether they be on the floor, but how they're positioned in the frame itself. That's literally directing. Yeah. And so that's not, it doesn't just happen by accident. You don't just go, oh, just, just do him there. It's and the same you, as an animated film. Yeah. And so, I, and I think with, and that's caused a, a you know, that's the big discussion, less than argument, I would say, on Twitter. And I think there's certain things to consider about those trailers, especially for Detroit and The Last of Us. But we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But the way that The Shining works, the way it's shot, People react to it, and I don't necessarily think they even understand why it compels them. You know, they, not everyone sits around fucking wanking off about Sen. Not everyone knows what it means. Not everyone knows why they feel fear and certain camera angles. And I'm not talking about the Dutch angle, but in certain tracks and pans. No one, not everyone knows why, they just know it works. In the same mm. way that I don't know anything about music, but I know it makes me feel good or sad or happy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that The Shining story, along with that masterful direction, it has people, and they just can't stop thinking about it because of the way it's shot. And those little hints, like... The best thing about the conspiracies is they have just enough to make you believe. Like all good conspiracies, like yeah. when Hallahan gets out of the... Um, he gets out of the freezer when he's showing them around. He opens the freezer and then he comes out of another door. And it's never mentioned. If it was a, if it was a, uh, he seems to come out of a door on the other side. The freezer should be like the whole of the overlook doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the geography um, of it. No. Yeah, and so you, it's like that aha moment. I knew it. I have the evidence now. And then it spools off or spirals, and it's it's created to do that. But it's this masterful kind of fun house. It's like just, a casino as well. I don't think there's any windows in the whole thing once you're in it. Apart I think from you're always in the just trapped. Colorado Lounge, where it's got the massive windows, but again, there it's always oppressive white light that comes through them. It doesn't really. You don't feel that. You can't look out. Mm-hmm. It's you know you're all kind of the closest he kind of gets to looking out. I think is when he looks at the maze and imagines them or not. Who knows? Running around and then, but that's about the Minotaur. And so the way, it, yeah, the way it kind of unclicks. I said I wasn't going to talk about the shining that much, right? So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, and th- that's the thing that appeals to me most is that is what it not necessarily how good or bad the film is. We'll disregard Stephen King's thing on that, but what it did to people and what it continues to do to people and will continue doing as more people see it. Well, the fact it's on tonight, however many years later, is mm-hmm. testament yeah. to that. Yeah. They've been trailing it for weeks in the cinema as well. Like it's it's got like a, a modern trailer. Yeah, and you know, and it, it, it giving it fucking you know the most terrifying film ever made. Mm. It's like it's not the most terrifying film ever made. It's probably just one of the smartest horror films ever made. But it's not fucking. I, I think mean, it'd be a lot it's, different. It's oppressive and it's tense, but it's like it's marketed this new trailer markets it as if it's like fucking Final Destination twelve or something. I think in the cinema it would be... Who's fucking... (laughs) (laughs) It would be a lot more difficult to to stomach, I feel, in the cinema. You think horror fans, horror film fans, there's like two different kinds and there's like, there's like, this is going to sound so fucking elitist. There's basically the the smart fucking 
sort of filmy twatty ones mm-hmm. so me yeah <laughs> <laughs> you and burns for example and then there's like the fucking as there's the sort of cunts who watch like human centipede and that but i mean that that has its place in the in the in the lore of horror and that kind of you guys, gore and gratuitous violence and exploitation films. It's like but, Rob Zombie fans, you know. I mean, and that work that works as an, an analogy for film and music, really. But, you know. Well, you, you're new metal fans, is what I'm saying. Is, oh, you know, okay, right, yeah. You know, people, people who prefer the, the new version of Texas well, Chainsaw Massacre yeah, over the well, absolutely uh, perfect well, original. But where does that sit, though? Because that's a film one and also incredibly gory. Like... You know, you know, like some people think that. Yeah, answer that. You know, how some people think that, for example, some people think that scary movie is good. You know, it's quite fun and to it's watch. Like, I don't mean, and I don't mean that they think it's a horror, but I mean, I mean, I mean, take any of those things. Jim, I can't. You're being needlessly coastally elite here. If if you take yeah? it, if you take any of those things, like you know, if you take like, uh, what what was the other one that going around at that time? All those fucking. You know, all those, uh, another teen movie, another blah, blah, blah. Hey, listen, movie. not another teen movie launched Chris Evans' career, okay? And it was amazing. It's like, some of the gags worked, in that brilliant. I worked in a cinema during the heyday for those things. So you mm. can imagine I'm very, very bitter about it and have made lots of really probably quite unfair observations about the sort of people who go to see those films. So what's, but, what's your type of horror film then, Jim? Where would you put yourself on <laughs> I this? I don't even fucking like horror films. Oh, I movie. love horror. I think they're all terrible. That's um, fucking bollocks. No. I like, uh, I'm, I'm not really huge on horror. I've never really gotten massively into it, but like I love uh, The Evil Dead, all three of them really, for different reasons. I love like this year's version of it, for example, I think is fucking incredible. I'll give um, you a hundred horror films that are better than it. Yeah, fucked. It's, no, it's good. I enjoyed it. You should definitely go watch it like, and watch it in the cinema, but I can give you a hundred films that are better than it. Fucking hell. I can, throw, I can throw a kettle over a pub. <laughs> um, but like I, yeah I, well, I think well, I, I guess I tend yeah. to prefer like I tend to prefer a kind of try not to sound like a twat you are failing try not the, to sound like the, a the, the, the gym really, heel exactly, listen yeah. I really love this I is love, the bait and switch isn't I, it I love Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 I don't even know why but, uh, see, uh, well, I think what you're talking about yeah when we say uh, like there's two distinctions between your kind of standard slasher and The Shining mm-hmm. but there's also this middle ground and what you'll find is that a lot of the shit comes out of the original hits that occupied that. So when there there were sl- there weren't really slasher movies before Halloween, should we say? There were movies which inhabited a similar space, but we're not talking about the night of the fucking hunter here, are we? We're talking about you know the original Cape Fear versus mm-hmm. New Cape Fear. We're talking about a movie which absolutely earned cinema, cinematic chops. Like, oh, see this fucking cunt and his lawnmower. Sorry, it's all right. <laughs> Carry it's on. Carry on. It's, it's a it's a plug for the lawnmower man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Halloween works, and it, what it gets right, and it's some of its sequels don't, is that you go back and watch Halloween. There's so little of it that is actually like boo jumping out sustained dread and what a lot of people forget about halloween is when michael myers turns up in the day in the streets where uh, he grew up and he's just kind of standing there and he runs into that kid and yes it's got a synth and all of that but that's also another steadicam movie that's you know kind of the track around and everything mm-hmm. and what that does is it builds like the shining it builds the geometry of the town in your head so you feel like you're walking around feels like you're being pulled through it towards something and the new movies, he just... I mean, listen, okay? 
I saw Halloween Resurrection in the cinema when Buster Rhymes shouted trick or treat motherfucker and hit him <laughs> with a flying kick. I won't lie. Yeah. I felt good inside. Well, you can enjoy those films with the stupidity and silliness of yeah. them. Well, you're talking about the same thing that I like, which is just that creeping sense of dread the whole yeah. time. So instead of, and, and one of the biggest criticisms I had of the new It is that it doesn't actually have anything that isn't just jump scares. I enjoyed it because it was more about a nostalgic look at childhood and how you were when you used to just hang around with your mates like that all the time. Yeah. And it was that was the part I enjoyed. In terms of the horror, I didn't, I didn't think it was scary at any point. Mm-hmm. There were some good jump scares, but that's the kind of the cheaper side of horror it's which not, which works yeah. and everything from jaws to what you know i tell you whatever, what though to the, I mean, the alien dropping down and that the face hugger everyone of, has them even the classics you gotta earn those but I think, yeah, right. yeah you earn it and you don't and you don't let your entire film just lean on that which i think sure 95 percent of horror films do mm. i kind of agree with you on that but i think that it's it has such an oppressive atmosphere and and it does things that like you don't necessarily pick up on until maybe you've watched it a second time or or like some things that you might not notice the first mm, thing. Like the library for. thing. The library thing is probably the best example of it. I think there's layers to that film that sort of merit kind of more than one viewing. But um, yeah, I think I think you're generally right. But one of, one of the things that I kind of disagreed with a lot of people on was, and I think this comes back to like the, there's there's different reasons why people watch horror films and. I saw a lot of people saying like it's really good, and a lot of other people saying like it's, it's shit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't shit myself once, and it's like. Is but that, different people is, are afraid is, of different things. But, it's like, yeah. but is that is that really the is that the yardstick? Does I mean it's like it's that whole kind of debate about should games be fun or actually what is fun is fun also making you feel uncomfortable yeah, uh, about something. But but, you know, I tell you what, the, there are a few moments in the original Friday the 13th, mm. which they just seared into my brain. Because I watched that yesterday. So obviously when Kevin Bacon gets the, was it arrow or something through the neck, but there's, there's a line where it starts raining and he's out. Uh, there are a couple of the teenagers are out on the, they're by the river or wherever mm. it is, the lake. The lake yeah. And it, it camp crystal river <laughs> and it starts raining and this real oppressive atmosphere comes in and the, one of them is talking about how the rain always used to make them feel afraid. I don't know, not seen it in years. Maybe I'll laugh at that when it comes back in. But when I was younger, it's like, I liked that. Even if it's a bit cheap foreshadowing. But the moment in Friday the 13th, the, was it 1981, that really horrifies me to this day is when the woman goes to look for someone in the communal showers and yeah. she was like opening them and you can't, you can't see what's in the shower and the frame is almost total blackness but it's got that 80s stark it does often have a good sense of dread about it and that like and then she gets the axe in the fucking head there's a new one coming isn't there there's always a new one coming but she gets the axe in the in the face but i i the thing that really didn't it's the build up to that so i actually think the original friday the 13th has moments part three definitely has its moments um uh, Jason Goes to Hell has some of the most horrible kills. There's a bit where a guy's face goes onto like a, a deep fat fryer um, and just generally a load of horrible shit happens in it. But even though the original Friday the 13th, is, that series is a bit like, oh, well, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the hockey mask guy. In the first two, he didn't have a hockey mask. No, not at all. So in the first, it was well, even him in the, the, first yeah, one. <laughs> the first one. It was his, it was I was in his, it for... Yeah, that, but that ending's end. really good. You know, yeah. I dreamt there was a boy in the lake. Mm. And uh, 
Yeah, I'd say that the the film that actually that has the most grotesque moment I've ever seen, not just in terms of pure body horror or gore, is uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the seventies one, where the guy in the wheelchair, she's trying to get just, him through the brambles, and just come, the noise is what you hear first, and he just plunges in, and oh, it's 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 horrible, and the way that movie ends. No one's getting out of that alive. <laughs> like they, they have escaped. She's escaped, but I mean, I, you know, her physical presence is. That's why I didn't get when everyone raving about Wolf Creek. I was like, well, it's just a, a worse version of Texas Chainsaw scene, hasn't it? Wasn't that the thing that everyone? Yeah, writes? I mean, I, I'm not bothered by gore, as in I don't get on a moral high horse or anything about it. I just find it occasionally a bit boring, unless you take it. I like the way that Peter Jackson's early films, if you've ever seen any of them. The Brain Dead me, is amazing. Mental. I like it when they take it to the absolute extreme and it's just the reveling in the stupidity. The lawnmower is so, and the priest. But I don't like it when it's sold to you as if like, oh, isn't this horrendous a lot of the time? It's just, it's again, it's cheap for, for what I like anyway. And yeah, I watched the remake of, what's it called? It's not The Last House on the Left. It's the other one, The Hills of Eyes. I watched oh, that in the cinema. Oh, fuck me. That, that is like gentle for... 30 minutes and then it just goes yeah the middle wild just goes goes turbo and i mean so i'd heard that there was a there's a uh, there's a rape scene in the middle of it there's a a, a baby gets killed a man yeah gets but in, they do it all within, within about a, two and a half minutes they yeah, just go fucking nuts it really just goes goes but i i felt a bit stunned by it rather than horrified i just i just could not believe what i was seeing like he's tied the, the father is tied to the tree then he goes up and then the women are in the RV and I was just, it obviously worked because I was like pinned to the chair. Like, oh my goodness. I felt like I can't believe this is happening, but I didn't feel that the rest of the movie earned any of like, well not earned, but at the end it just turns into a revenge flick and he goes off with the ax, the, the son-in-law to fuck people up. Yeah. I, 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 I like the ones that have got that, that uncomfortable that you can't quite put your finger on what is off. So Rosemary's baby, mm. when that it's the you, baby, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out it is. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just you know that horrible sense of, and if you look at it scientifically as such, like no one's actually done anything that's that weird. Mm. But you can just feel. Obviously, it's a horror film, so you know something's coming. But that like horrible sense of dread, and you um get out is a a, a modern one that mm. does that excellently. I think there's been loads of really good horror films actually recently that are good. Fucking. Uh, I quite like the Babadook. Babadook's good. Babadook's well good. Hush is very good. I haven't seen It Follows. It Follows is fantastic, yeah. Drag you Me know, to Hell, you know which what? apparently is really... I haven't seen Drag Me I've to just, Hell. It just occurred to me, just thinking about while you guys are talking, is that like, I, I'm, I'm, like when asked, I usually say I'm not really into horror, but there's a few horror films I like. When I think about it, it's like, actually, there's a lot of horror films I like. Actually, am I into horror? Well, maybe I am. Yeah. Maybe You're I am. You're just not a gore hound. But Hellraiser, but, what you were saying, Jim, the yeah. first Hellraiser in particular, people think about it mm -hmm. as, you know, this movie. They see Pinhead. It's because it, it looks like... And or the start yeah. of Hellraiser 3 with the, the puzzle box and mm -hmm. the chains come out and everything. You actually watch the first Hellraiser. It's, they've got this mad eroticism to it. That It's yeah. about pleasure and pain and, you yeah. know, about having to feed to get the, the like body. Like it's an S&M movie. For yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I, I think that there, there are ways of, of selling in themes. And that's what horror does really well. It follows, and the thing have been, you know, said to be about uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah, it follows uh, definitely is. Yeah, uh, and you know, Hellraiser doing all that. 
Halloween just being about the primal fear, the shit, because Michael Myers is called the shape, uh, and they refer to him as like the boogeyman or whatever, and it's about fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the, that's what the late ones didn't get. He was part of a cult in like three and four. Oh, sorry, no, in I think at the end of two because it wasn't in three, four and five. Whatever. It's like he's part of a cult, the cult of Thorn or whatever, and they need. To, it's like guys, it was better when no one fucking knew who he was. He was allowed in some overalls with a Shatner mask on. He just had a had a very oversized knife. They should stop selling those because I mean you can't yeah. chop anything with that. Maybe they should but- start with guns first though. <laughs> Michael Myers gets a gun. He's like, this is far more efficient. Bad. But uh, this is great. <laughs> why did I think of this before? And then he discovers like petrol and cars. And, but yeah. well, in terms of taking the piss like that, one of the uh, Friday the 13th movies, um, well, I mean, part eight is called Jason Takes Manhattan. So, you know, they're not taking it too seriously. I think it's seven where he is. One of them starts with like a faux James Bond sequence where he walks in. And you know, at the start, where Bond walks and he's side on and he turns and fires, mm-hmm. like you're looking down the barrel. Well, yeah, it's like that. And what? In, in one of the Friday the 13th movies. Really? I think it might be, so was it, not the final chapter, one of the other ones. Oh, the and, final chapter, then they make another six. Yeah, no, he gets revived because he's at the bottom of the sea and an anchor dredges him onto an electricity line and he comes back to life. Fuck Which me. happened to me. I was like, finally, <laughs> buried at sea, not life. coming back. And I'm like, fucking hell, what's going on here? So yeah, those are the Halloween movies. They're still, like, let, let the right one in. We haven't touched on that. I think no, that's I've not a, seen it. You've not seen it? Oh, no. man, it's amazing. I hear it's, about, I hear it's about people knocking on the door and wanting to come in. Yeah, no, I would never you like vampires. You'll fucking you fucking love it. You talk about horror comedy, obviously. There's the, the fucking, the, the boys, the, the New Zealand one about the vampires. What's it called? Oh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, What We Do in the Shadows. That's fucking incredible, that film. No, it's it's a great film I, love it, I love it very much. Has uh, anyone seen... Great style. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. No, no. but is that oh, any good? It's brilliant. There was a hesitation it, there. No, was, it's uh, really, really mm. clever. It flips the whole thing on, mm. on its head. And I love I love horror films that do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, while well, Scream is more a kind of mm. nod to the all of the horror tropes and stuff, and also works it's, as a good horror film. It's fucking annoying that it became a trope as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is from the redneck hillbilly's point of view. It's, it's a... It's a horror comedy that is both like has elements of good horror and is very funny mm. which is very few of them mm. ever do that Cabin in the Woods I, I fucking love that film I still need to see I that. love it is that again the one- it rewards you more if you are a horror fan and understand all the setups that horror films go mm. through well I won't spoil it but I heard about it and I didn't like it <laughs> I think a lot a lot of um, the best horror take just take something mundane and sort of twists it slightly so it's unsettling and like Burns is probably going to scream at me but um, a lot of the best Doctor Who episodes do that yeah particularly the ones Doctor Who's at its best when it's doing that sort of not this aliens arrive and they're all fucking wanks is the best Doctor Who episodes tend to be the low-key horror ones the ones that are basically a short horror film yeah and the ones with Sylvester McCoy (laughs) so you know, and, and and in almost all of them, they usually do exactly that. They'll take something, some mundane object from childhood, particularly from childhood, and make it bad. Yeah. <laughs> make it evil. Another one that um, was on uh, Netflix, I'm not sure if it still is, is Housebound, which no one's heard of, and is fucking hilarious. Like a really, really good horror comedy that does both well. 
Brilliant. Brilliant. And no one's heard of it. It's great. Check yeah. it out. Talking about horror comedies. So I'm just thinking about House Party. None now. of us have mentioned Shaun of the Dead yet. And is yeah. that because it's actually fucking rubbish? No, it's no. good. It's really it's like, it's too good. Excellent. That's no, not. Yeah, it is. Yes, it I is. Would, I'd put Housebound in that category. Edgar okay. Wright didn't do a single good film until Baby Driver. Controversial. That okay. is controversial, isn't it? Then beyond controversial. Oh, it's fucking bollocks. Ed- oh, bollocks you. Ed- Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's entire fucking career has basically been Big Bang Theory. You sound like Man, you Steve really Burns. fucking hate that show. Yeah, you, need to, you need to have a face turn, I feel. Yeah. I feel a lot better since mine. I actually feel like Simon Pegg needs to have the fucking nut stuck him. And, and is this is this coming from something to do with uh, Star Trek? It's nothing to do with Star Trek. I think it's nothing to do with Star Trek. Might dig down actually, and find that. Actually, I think the, of the three new Star Trek films that Simon Pegg was involved with, the only one that isn't fucking dog shit is the one that he wrote. So, no, it's not. Mm, okay. So, yeah. All right. Do you like Spaced? No, I don't, because I think space is just fucking British Big Bang Theory, isn't it? No, it's <laughs> oh, fucking so dissimilar. What are you on about? Fucking terrible. That is. That it's is. that whole fucking late nineties fucking Kevin Smith talking. People who think a fucking pe- three people in a room talking about how much they like Star Wars constitutes a script. Fuck off. God, you've gone mad. Right. <laughs> Next question, Dave. Before he goes totally fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I went a fucking. I went a. I was going to say film school. I didn't. I went to a college. But I swear to God, I have read so many fucking student scripts where the characters have a conversation about Star Wars. And it's just like, you can't, this isn't, you don't have to do this in a film. It's like, it's not the law that if you're writing a script, people have to stop halfway through whatever's going on. It's going, isn't this like that bit when they were on Hoth or whatever? Yeah, but those scripts didn't make the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft, did they? So <laughs> it's like it's like fuck off. See, um, that's funny. You laugh. Next question. I'm tired of hearing this fucking litigation of one of the best love TV shows of the early two thousands. Star Wars is a film, mate. So I've just never heard of it. Right, Susan, <laughs> Apple Pie Ninja asks, what movies are, in your opinion, criminally, criminally what? underrated? Criminally? Yeah. That's why I repeated it but correctly, didn't I? It's very criminal. Uh, a criminal in an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking specifically. Uh, so, obviously, the movie Talk, the motorbike one. Of course. Criminally underrated. That doesn't usually happen, I, I feel. No, I, I, I think this we should pull this out more to stuff like Housebound, which is actually not necessarily underrated, just most people haven't maybe seen it. Yeah, Films best like laid that. plans with... Uh, what's his name? See, exactly, you can't remember. Thingy, yeah. Josh Brolin. What? And Sorry, uh, the listening. guy that's not Giovanni Ribisi, Alessandro Nevada. What film but are we talking about? What? It's called Best Laid Plans. Reach with a spoon to that. I thought you were talking about the faculty for some reason. No. no. Uh, Best Laid Plans is really good. I can't say any more about it. Just go and watch it. Um, Brick. Has anyone seen that? No, but people went mad for that. People went mad for and that. And he's directing Star Wars now, Dave. Yeah, but I, I reckon if you ask the 100 people... Why are you screaming at Dave about that? It's like... Excuse me. Why are you taking Dave particularly to task that that guy is now directing? Talk about an underrated fuck. Right? It's not Dave's fault. He Listen, didn't fucking hire the my guy. Fault. Listen, I I've seen no evidence that that movie is underrated. Give me a gallop. No, that's what I just said. It's not necessarily underrated, but most people haven't really seen it. I don't know any films really that. What films are underrated? Crazy under underrated. Um, what what question are we on? Sorry. What <laughs> movies are criminally underrated? <laughs> criminally underrated. See, 
I got to when he fluffed the word criminally, and that's where I stopped. Yeah. My, my brain went off somewhere so else. you're just being massively unprofessional. Now. Yeah. Well, so, Tucker uh, and Dale versus Evil is one of them. Independence Day is criminally underrated. Is it fucking? It, it fucking is. Fuck. Because everyone says it's fucking rubbish. Actually, it's really clever. It's not rubbish, but it's, it's, a, it's rated very well for what it is. No, it's yeah. people do not appreciate. I swear to God, the fucking the computer virus microbe uh, allegory, the way it mimics the ending of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds mm-hmm. with a computer virus is yeah. fucking brilliant, especially brilliant for 1995. Or Wasn't that long ago, Jim? Right? Yeah. Especially no. brilliant, right? And nobody has ever picked up on it apart from me because mm. I. What? Fuck. That's got to be the most obvious thing. It's not obvious. Of course it's because nobody fucking picks up on that. And it was like, yeah. oh, isn't it? Isn't it a really fucking shit ending with that fucking computer virus? And you're just like, excuse me, actually, how fucking virus you, you can. <laughs> I Produce think, a fucking copy of the fucking H.G. Wells book and go, there's your fucking virus. I think the problem with it yeah. is, is more when you remove the scene where in Area 51 they go and look at the... That is, I mean, that, that is, it is a problematic scene to get rid of because it basically means... Because you've got an entire scene in there where it's just like, this is him figuring out how their computers work. Yeah. In the original theatrical cut, it's just like... How's he figured this because, out? Because oh, it's a Unix system. Like, Great. USB. Great. I can't make a fucking USB work from one day to the next on the same drive, let yeah. alone fly into space. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, though, that's, that just makes you sound like a fucking thick or something. Excuse me. Much. USB is terminally unreliable. It is. It's not. It is. USB is the most reliable fucking connection yeah, standard of but that. Yeah, but that doesn't really say anything, does it? That's like, that's like Wi-Fi. It's a myth. Only occasionally works. I thought you got Super Tory Wi-Fi in your house. I have, it's well good. But still. <laughs> I've got a feeling that you just break everything you own and you're convinced yeah. that it's everything I do shit. have a bit of a reputation uh, for accidentally breaking stuff, we, like car doors we, when I open them and stuff like that. Well, now, yeah, yeah. what's what's the next... Well, actually, we've because Jim's played 400 games and has reviewed oh, we them all, we're, we're coming towards the end of this delightful episode. Yeah. So let's talk about The Last of Us 2, Stephen. The Last of Us, huh? The yeah. Next of Us. The Last it's about, of Us two. What is it about? A team of Marines go back to what? It, yeah. A team of Marines uh, go back to wherever it's the first one is set. And they find out that there's there's loads of loads and loads of Ellie's now. Uh, and so mm-hmm. there's like a nest of Ellie's. And then there's a big Ellie. You know, she's even madder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she she lays the little ones. And they've all got little bows and arrows and shit. You know what? The first game was so good that I'd still play that game. <clears throat> it's okay. It's not too bad. But the sequel had, and you, you probably have not missed it, the sequel had a trailer at Paris Games Week at Sony's big shindig. And let's just say that it was keenly received. Some people thought it was, uh, it had a lot of unearned violence in it, particularly towards women. Uh, some people, there's, it actually, from what I've seen, there will be dickheads on the internet, but it, it actually sparked quite a good discussion, I feel, about the contextualization mm-hmm. uh, and framing of violence. Uh, but one thing that I didn't, one thing that I didn't like about it was, yes, it did frame the violence. You kind of understood why it was happening. But in the end, a bunch of clickers run in and you're like, nah. I didn't feel that it moved anything along. It could have, it just mm. almost existed and I, I be- for its own sake. And I believe, and, so, and as such, the violence essentially just exists and that scene where the woman uh, gets her arms hammered. Now, <laughs> in the game, I'm fairly sure, certain they're going to mm. pull a Godfather Part 2. 
and that's going to be Ellie's mum or someone in a pre uh, pre original game yeah. setting. And it's that's got to be Ellie's mum, right? It's like it's uh, Neil Druckmann gave an interview afterwards, and he wouldn't confirm when it was mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. or who that person was, and everyone else had their names given away. So mm-hmm. it could be a bit of misdirection, double bluff. But one thing. Without really litigating either side of the argument, because I do believe there are, as I said, two sides of it. Again, I do believe that the word, the camera to talk about video games, Mm -hmm. the in-game player action is a misnomer. It is a feed. And yes, feeds come through like camera, like a security camera or Mm -hmm. whatever. But in terms of, as you talked about, Dave, what directing is, directing is authorship. And the reason we have this fucking horrible phrase, lewd narrative dissonance, is because what happens in the cutscene doesn't necessarily happen in the game. But going further than that, I actually believe one of the main problems is that when people say my games, they get they're like, This game is mine. I don't want the next one to be like this or have whatever in it or do this and not that. Is because in any game you hand the authorship, the play, over to the the player. And so what you've essentially got between your cutscenes or even your planning for the next game, you've got two directors. And as you know, you know, Vic Deacon's major Air Force retired, sadly now said, you never share command. It's never a good idea. So you can see where the problems come there. Not the saying that they're in any way legitimate. But if you play Grand Theft Auto and you spend all of it shooting old ladies in the head mm-hmm. and then in the cutscene, the character goes, I'm just trying to get away from a life of crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you have that. And I, I just think that the authorship of video game play versus video game direction, especially when they happen, they're intertwined isn't necessarily something that everyone really thinks about because video games are for kids, aren't they? Mm-hmm. There you go. I feel a bit like Jerry Springer. Be, be good to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry's final thought. It's like, stop fucking your sister. It's a massive screed about video game violence. Yeah. But the, the violence mm. itself, some of the arguments was that it was, it was intended mm. to disturb. Mm. But Dave, we watched it and I think that there are ways of of, of oh yeah you people. and Dave watched it did you and I fucking yeah because you were fucking four hours late again you fucking no dick. I wasn't I was doing stuff yeah, yeah fucking, playing Mario Odyssey. yeah exactly that, that was what, while I was rendering <laughs> <laughs> but Dave you, you saw it this morning and kind of yeah. missed the uh, controversy yesterday so what what was your take well, director man well yeah as you say it, it does come down to directs because you're, you're choosing where to put the camera and you're choosing where to draw the audience's attention to and even if you're playing a game then you are the audience at that point because you can't mm. look anywhere else I mean again you're right it's all about context isn't it because you're not really sure as we say who those people are why they're doing what they're doing mm. but at the same time that's what it's designed to do it's designed to get everyone talking about who they are and getting excited for the game so in that sense, it's good marketing. It's not the first thing to do extreme violence, but I understand. But is is massive, massive violence something for the for marketing? Some like because horror. That's movies, a wider problem then, though. You're talking but about horror movies don't th- necessarily go that far in a trailer. You wouldn't see you wouldn't see it like that in a trailer. Yeah, I think that's uh, the criticism and the fair criticism to level at it is that it's just mm-hmm. kind of dropped without any yeah. pretext. Where it, what happens before? I think to justify it, these characters' actions. Like, yeah. I think, I mean, a lot of the discussion about this has been characterised as moral panic about video game violence, which it absolutely isn't. And, like, I think most people, including and especially in the video games press, are really, really in, into violence. Like, violence is great, you know. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But, um, I, I abhor violence. <laughs> but then you're also um, talking about the fact but, it happens <laughs> pretty much all the time in horror. 
yeah, to yeah. women. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. I, I think that there, there's, there's, um, I mean, there's a number of angles that make it, you know, that, that make it questionable, dubious, problematic. But I think the main thing I would want to keep in mind is that this is um, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's shorn of context. It's a clip that was chosen to market the game and probably by people responsible for marketing the game and not for making it. And I think it's yeah, crucial to keep that in mind because, I mean, as we know... actually, I guess... You know, that's, the, you know as we know, mm. people who market games are not necessarily the people who are the actually making The takeaway, I think, so, is that we are now... One of the things that was disturbing about it was mm. the fidelity of it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So quite aside from, as Dave was saying, you know, violent, mm. like violence perpetrated on women, even by women, mm-hmm. uh, the way the camera looks. Well, yeah, when she's being held down, there's no difference in the gaze of the camera. Mm-hmm. It's, even if it's a woman doing it, the actual camera, that power uh, thing is generally associated mm. with violence by men on women. I'm not saying that women can't commit violence on other women, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the way everything is framed, that's what I'm saying, the framing is so important. But one of the things that, uh, it looks so good and it looks better than another ge- another game trailer that everyone just kind of watched and went, cool, which was Call of Duty World War II, mm-hmm. which has a sequence in it where two German soldiers round a corner and are their skin blackens as they get uh, flamethrowed and they start screaming. The camera pulls up, pulls away from it as you would, obviously you don't want a super close up on that. But I feel that there, the, the no one cared because you got it. You're like, you're signifying. Also, they're fucking Nazis. Yeah, so. but at the same time, I absolutely guarantee you, if the, the if the shots were reversed, so let's say in the World War II demo, a uh, cutscene or whatever, that they hold the Nazi down, mm-hmm. two people holding down, and a guy comes over with a flamethrower and starts doing it, you would feel... You know, you might. I don't think you'd be like ah, Nazis. Well, it's the like, immediacy of the action. Oh, that's horrible. That, that, that like, there's something. Even, no matter what you think about that person, there is something like that's. Oh. So again, the importance is in not even just the contextualization of they are Nazis, but in what you see. And the best direction for films, you know, when you see, for example, a horror movie and there's so much on-screen gore, and yeah, it's unsettling, but you're like, okay you know whatever like but halloween how violent actually is halloween someone gets strangled someone gets stabbed those are violent acts obviously mm-hmm. but there's not that real kind of pervasive torture porn the act of like henry portrait of a serial killer really like looking at it and going yes that is breaking or that is ripping and tearing i don't know i think that we're going to get into without sounding too much like everyone has sounded for the last 20 years we are now in actually in the situation where video game graphics when the the deformity of the kind of bone and the, the way the blood kind of pops under the shirt there you're like mm. and i've done much worse in games like fucking, so i must have blown so many people's heads off <laughs> yeah also. in uh, you know like i said in the review when i was a video gamer like, i've killed more people in first person than brace nurse like it's just i play video i'm gonna play wolfenstein later on mm-hmm. the body count is going to be fucking make Robocop like... Did, then, didn't you, they boast that, like, you know, you kill over 3,000 Nazis in Wolfenstein 2? That's yeah, fine. But then right. you get into the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the argument of... Because obviously there's however many people in that last of us scene that get actual violence on them. And the horror of that, is that better or worse than you shooting... Well, forget the Nazis, because fuck Nazis, but shooting 
however many people on Halo or whatever game you play, where you just kill shooting people in, um, where it's just so throwaway that you mm. kill so many people. Yeah, but then in GTA, well, when you well, hit someone, the, you just kind of go, oh, well. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the argument is that, well, is is that what what's worse? Is it worse? Is it is it better that this actually is affecting? Or is it better that, you know, you, you can kill 3,000 people in a first-person shooter game and barely give it any thought? Yeah. Well, VR, like the 80s movies yeah, where but they were all body bad. count so high. But um, v, VR GTA put, a, like, put the willies through a lot of people because when you, when you had that immediacy, you're in the world, you've got a pistol and a woman mm-hmm. just walks past and you go, bang, or a man walking his dog away and you shoot the dog and shoot the man and you kind of have that feeling... The feeling of power scared a lot of people because when there's a screen there, when you're in third person and you're knocking around and you're just like joyriding and hitting people in GTA, then, you know, the whole game is a satire. Well, we'll get into that later, but about America and violence and whatever. Mm -hmm. But when it's you, when it feels like you've got one-to-one, bang. And that's why in The Last of Us, do you notice that the the rest of the violence that is perpetrated in the, The Last of Us 2 trailer the woman who gets the claw hammer in the temple, the guy who gets the arrow through the face, the way those are framed do not make you feel in any way bad because maybe they're bad people and they probably are. But I'm telling you, the arm getting hit is all in the framing. It's all in the framing. That power, the up, the looking down on someone. It's all in the... Because about three seconds later, the camera moves and the guy gets the arrow in the face. And Mm -hmm. that's really important. The movement coming down. Yeah, you are. I mean, there's a very deliberate direction there that you see. As you say, you feel the impact of it. You see the impact Mm. of it. And you really... And then, as you say, two seconds later, somebody gets an arrow through their face. And arguably, well definitely a much more horrific injury because you're fucking dead mm. and the and the woman who instigates it was going to cut her stomach open mm-hmm. gets the the claw bit of the hammer into her thing while she's being choked from behind but the camera's low mm-hmm. the camera's yeah. low now you know the you know where the, mm-hmm. the power of the frame is so yeah listen absolutely. you know there's a pregnant woman being hung by the neck that is i mean as a conceptually that is more horrific to me than a hammer attack you know yeah but is um, so just the last note on that is she pregnant because she says the sin is within you but i mean i would have thought it having so. watched it again though she's when, got a very flat stomach for someone who's pregnant well, she, she likes she's to not necessarily out. showing dick. no yeah that's what <laughs> but when but when i watched it again when uh, the camera uh, pans up and you see the people that are hung from the tree to begin with. I think there's yeah. a guy there who's had his stomach split open as well. So it seems more cultish than... But then who knows? I don't know. So basically there's a prequel on it. That bit's the prequel. That bit's the Vito Corleone bit. I did actually yeah, think that I think her, it will be her stomach on. looked really ripped as well. I was like, fucking hell. So, oh, she's she buffed out. Yeah, yeah. So... Oh, and you know, that's mad because it's sort of, I'm sorry, in an apocalypse situation, where the fuck are you getting the protein? <laughs> fucking hell. Right, on that note, thank you for undermining the entire game building, uh, well, world building of The Last of Us. Yeah. Listen, listen. I, I mean, I don't really, really want really to do an opinion on it, right? But I would say that a lot of people, a lot of people who were talking about the violence in that trailer, um, very kind of matter-of-factly about how much it disturbed them and stuff, were three days previously going on about how amazing Wolfenstein 2 is. And that is a game in which uh, within the first 15 minutes, um, a woman is quite graphically decapitated in front of you. And then, you know, the head is 
picked up and played with like a football and right you know i i, I would spoiler i would have to say i, I do apologize burns but I, you know i do have to say i think i don't think there's any fucking consistency from any individual person on this issue all right um, well what a wonderful way to end this uh, lovely in-depth podcast we are at all the usual places but get on youtube and follow us because listen get us subscribed then we can do loads more stuff yeah imagine if we had that kind of funny money well we'll be dead I mean, that's, that's, yeah, we'll be dead. That's probably, you know, just good safeguarding. Yeah, but... I don't think disposable income is... Uh... <laughs> Excuse me, I'll, I'll dispose of it's, you, mate. It's not something that you need any more of, Burns, uh, you fucking, your eight grand watch fucking twat. Fuck, that is, listen, I'm off to fucking... I swear, I honestly, I'm actually, I'm, I'm annoyed that eight grand watches you. Not, <laughs> not you, not you personally, but I'm, they exist. I'm annoyed that they exist. I'm actually annoyed that they exist. I'm annoyed that they exist in a world where people are getting fucking shot in the head for stealing bread right and people are walking around with fucking watches on that in in most countries on the planet you could buy well not a house but probably a hut right i think it's i think it's fucking disgraceful that's jim trinker talking into thousands of pounds worth of recording equipment to take to take the piss out of video games and then then i I started scrolling up on my twitter timeline on my fucking 600 pound smartphone right we gotta go Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Cheers. Bye. Bye.